Loyalistic podcast. It's 8.41 p.m. on Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. The sun is almost completely down. People are streaming up my block and uh, headed towards Boulevard East, even though they haven't done fireworks over the Hudson River since Mayor Bloomberg is no longer Mayor Bloomberg. But people still go to Boulevard East thinking they're going to see something, and maybe they can. Maybe they can see something happening behind the skyscrapers. I am out here mostly to try to keep anyone from parking in our driveway or attempting to pull a three-point turn in our driveway, tearing off the side mirror on my wife's car, any other bullshit that might go on. I said to my wife over dinner, so which do you dislike more? Would that be Halloween or the 4th of July? And she said, Halloween, without hesitation. And I said, I have to agree, because we have to pay for Halloween. So at this point, the uh, Macy's fireworks are still 45 minutes away on the East River, not on the Hudson River. It was really something to be living here when they did those Hudson River fireworks. And they only did them for like two or maybe three years before there was such a clamor from all the people in Brooklyn and Queens who said, what the fuck? We used to be able to see fireworks. We're part of New York. We're two of the five boroughs. So I don't know how long I'm going to sit out here. I don't want to get eaten alive by bugs. I feel in need of a shower. I also had one of those days where I don't know just what the fuck I accomplished. I mean, I wanted to enter this mid-Atlantic Arts Council grant program to see if I can win a grant for nihilistic. It's a pretty complicated application process, and what I need to do to be able to enter something is a little bizarre. They want part of a completed work, and I just don't know how to do that. I haven't completed the work, but I would like to send them something. But it requires formatting and it requires removing your name from everything because they want everything to be anonymous. So I started out with good intentions today. But then, of course, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that's where I ended up. And by the time 630 had rolled around, it was almost dinner time. And then the day was pretty much over. Time is going so fucking fast. I mean, next thing you know, it'll be Christmas time. I thought I would have more progress on the book by now. I really did. Something is in the way, as Kurt Cobain sang. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just fear of failure. There's any number of fears attached. That it won't be any good is the number one fear that nobody will fucking read it. In between those two, no one will publish it. And I really don't want to do a a vanity printing (laughs) I'm hoping if I can get everything in there that I think should be in there and if I can do it with even a modicum of skill, it should be a pretty good read. Something different from the books that I've been reading from folks who were there in the early 1980s because a number of them have come out. I I don't really know 
if I want this to be like those. I want it to be something different. Coming of age story, story about getting the hell out, story about your chosen family as opposed to your actual family, story about figuring out what the fuck you're good at, even if you're just good enough at it to get out, story about friendship that sours in the most horrible of ways, and a story about a suspicion that I've harbored that my best friend in junior high and in high school and on stages at venues all over, my chum, my buddy boy, bass player, main lyricist, songwriter, might be a really good suspect in the Gilgo Beach murders, the Long Island serial killer. And today I listened to a piece of tape that I stumbled on. This is why I keep everything. From back when I was living in Hoboken and Mike would call me and leave long rambling messages on my answer machine. Buddy boy, hey, hey, buddy boy, give me a call back if you remember who the fuck this is. One time I picked up the phone and we talked. And it was after he had tried to choke me to death. And I said to him, I don't know why you did that. And he laughed it off. He wanted me to laugh it off. You were never that soft. And uh, he said, you don't have to worry about me trying to choke you. Because next time I see you, I'll just kill you. And I went in the next room. I tried to turn on this tape recorder that I had hooked up to my phone. And I picked up an extension. And I tried to get him to repeat what he had just said. And he immediately knew what I was doing. He was too clever. He was being very clumsy and stupid with how I did it. I basically said, why would you say, next time I see you, I'm going to kill you? What are you, what are you, recording me now? I tried to come up with an excuse. He's like, why, why did you have to go in the other room? What'd you, do, what'd you do in the other room? And I told him I had to turn my new air conditioner off. And he's like, all right, thanks, buddy boy. Have a nice life. Have a nice life. And then he hung up on me. And then the same piece of tape, miraculously enough documents a call I made to my friend Jim to tell him what had just happened. Hey, Jim, you're not going to believe this. And then Jim and I, we talk a little longer, and one of us makes mention of some girl that Mike may have claimed to have killed. Like, do you think he was lying about her? I'll put that call right after this. And you could hear the call for yourself. Oh, he phoned you out. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So you making death threats now? No. What? What are you, what, what are you t- trying to take me? Why would you say that? Why would you say next time I see you? Why, like, why are you trying to take me? What are you trying, trying to, to say? Hey, I'm making death threats. I'm not trying to tape you, Mike. I just don't understand why you said what you just said. Is that what you're trying to do? Is that why you had to get off the phone? Set up your tape recorder? No, I got off the phone to turn my new air conditioner down. Okay. Listen, Pally, it was nice knowing you. I tried to give you a call out of niceness of my heart. Me and you were fucking washed up. Listen, would you, life. would you, could you, for a minute... See your next life. Could you... Where was I in this story? Um... Well, you know, you said Mike, uh, couldn't believe you didn't realize that he was joking. Oh, and then he threatened to kill me. Did I tell you that part? Uh, 
no. Okay. I mean, I heard about it, but I didn't get to Yeah, which, towards the end of the phone call, he basically said, so, what's the story? Are we not friends anymore? What's, 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 what's going? What the fuck, what's the fucking story? And uh, I said, I don't know what to tell you, Mike. I'm not really, really fond of being choked, you know? Right. Uh, what's wrong with you? I, you know, when did uh, when did you go soft? I mean, you never were like this. What do you What do you think I was serious? You know. And uh, I said, I don't know. It felt kind of serious at the time, and I don't have to tell you. You know. So then he said, Well, you don't have to worry about me choking you because next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. And then what? And then I said, Can you hold on a minute? And I ran in the other room to uh, hook up my uh, tape recorder. And then what? Then I picked up the other extension, and he said, uh, "Would you go hook up your tape recorder? What are you tape recording me now?" I said, "Well, you think you uh, you think I'm that stupid?" And uh, I said, "No, I didn't hook up my tape recorder. I want to shut off my air conditioner." And uh, he said, "Yeah, okay, all right, bye." And he hung up the phone. I think at the end of the conversation, but uh, unfortunately, I tipped my hand. I think. Yeah. I should have had the tape recorder. Uh, he took me totally by surprise. I, when I picked up the phone, I really thought it was somebody else calling, you know? Right. And I didn't even recognize his voice at first. And then I was just like uh, pulled into this world of psychosis. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. I, mean, I think he's obviously sick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's wrong, you know? And, I mean, from what, from the way you've described it, no, there's no way you could have thought not only did I not think he was know when someone's joking or not. Yeah, well not only did I not know he was joking, I am still not convinced that he didn't actually he hasn't actually killed somebody. Right, I know. I mean, I, I think that's quite a pot that's that's very possible. Because right. he's gotten so much rage and so much anger that, you know, I wouldn't doubt it if he had actually has. Right, well there was that story about yeah. the girl. Yeah. Oh yeah, the story about the girl. And he was acting very cagey about that. Yeah, like like maybe he did it, maybe he didn't do it. But anyway, it, it's. I just thought uh, I I I needed to share this with somebody who knows Mike, and I, I called Mashy, and there was no answer over there. And then yeah. I thought I thought I would share that with you. So oh, that, I appreciate. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you like hearing about death threats. I do. I Have you ever been the victim of a death threat? My one vice. Um, I mean, I I once played. I once had my jaw broken by a guy who had a headband that said, take man on. Why? He just liked to wear the headband. I don't know why. I will be shocked but not surprised if it turns out that my friend was the Gilgo Beach murderer. Stranger things have happened. Some of these serial killers, man, they hide in plain sight. You would never think it. I mean, how many years did John Wayne Gacy get away with it? By the way, Mike was a huge John Wayne Gacy fan. Mike was into serial killers. Mike had a very dark side. He had a lot of resentment, especially towards women, because he had lost 100 pounds, and these women who found him horrifying and disgusting, repugnant, loathsome, smelly, and just not good-looking... These same women later, when he was in a band and he was tall and slim and playing bass and puking off the edge of the stage because he was a male bulimic. He used to puke his meals in the parking lot of the McDonald's. We'd go and eat McDonald's and then he'd come out and throw up in front of the nice family that was walking in. 
That was his idea of a good time and a, and a really good laugh. And I laughed too, you know? I laughed too. I signed off on a, <clears throat> a lot of it. It's all on the other side, meaning the East River. It's all on the East River. Still have another 28 minutes for fireworks to begin. Dennis is doing a very good job of keeping people from turning onto the block. I don't know how that Porsche got through. And uh, at some point I will go back in the house. And the rest of the evening will commence. And then all these same people will go home. And there will be more crazy traffic on our block. I mean, listen, part of me wants to walk down the Boulevard East too. But I don't think I would enjoy it, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I, I, I mean, I would just be comparing it to the years when they were exploding directly above your head. And it was the most remarkable feeling, the sound, the way the sound would hit you. And uh, this is why fireworks on the television just blow. The only thing worse would be fireworks on the radio. This is uh, Chris T., and even though uh, I may not be doing aerial view, uh, live aerial views as often as I was, it would be nice to get some audio out there somehow. And I think I'm going to just publish this on my Substack, and it'll be something like a little lanyap, a treat, an extra little treat for those of you who have uh, stuck with me. I would like to grow this audience, by the way. So if you think you know anybody who would enjoy Nihilistic on Substack, please um, share an addition with them, a post with them. Uh, share a link with them so that they can subscribe as well. It would be nice to get some more people. Loyalistic Park!